When I was in fourth grade, uh, during the time when I, you know, was only speaking Spanish, um, I had a teacher that uh, he taught me about uh, living in the wild and how to survive, how to filter your own water and all that. And one thing that he showed me was all the National Geographic magazines. And it's not something that I would look at when I was in Mexico, so it was very new to me. And I was looking at places that, I, that were very interesting to me that I've never seen before. And somehow I think that's tied into my love for nature now, love for nature photography, because back then I was always like, oh, I can do that, like I can take that photo. Even though it's like, no, you can't take that photo, like it's really hard. But I was, you know, I was, I was convinced that I could do that sometime. You're listening to This Guy's Legit. I'm your host, Rachel Dorsey. From passion to paycheck, we'll hear from creatives and entrepreneurs. Not to understand what they do, because you can follow them on Instagram for that, but to understand how they do it. Rodrigo Trevino is an adventure photographer. You can find him on Instagram at rodtrvn. He's best known for capturing stunning vistas on his adventure travels across the world. He's sponsored by Canon and is a member of All About Adventures, a travel content collective. His work has been featured in Urban Outfitters and Sunset Magazine, and he's collaborated with a plethora of notable brands. He's usually on the road with his dog and his Jeep, but we met up in our mutual hometown San Diego to record. His ultra-talented sister, Georgina Trevino, set us up in her jewelry studio. We thought it would be extremely quiet at 10 p.m., but art doesn't sleep. I like to think the background welding and periodic train rumblings add texture. In any case, here we go. You're listening to This Guy's Legit. So I'm just so happy to have you with me today. I'm this happy is to be like here. super exciting. I know. It was like it was just a plan and I was like, okay, a lot of people just say that, you know, like, yeah, let's do this and they don't come through. But I'm happy to be here. Yeah. And you're sitting under a really great sign. Happy mess yep. at your sister's studio. Yep. <laughs> and I couldn't think of a better place to be talking with you in our hometown of it's San a Diego. Good place. Together. A little quiet, except for the, the trains here. The trains running by every ten minutes. Yep. It's all right. Everyone who's <clears throat> gracing us with their ears right now will be able to enjoy the trains too and feel like they're right here with us. Every ten or fifteen minutes. <laughs> every ten to fifteen minutes, yeah. So I heard you had a pretty wild last twenty four hours. You were chasing after a dog that yep. escaped. Yep. Um, was that in Barrio Logan? Yes, here in San Diego. Uh, this dog was lost for 24 hours, and it was just having a good, you know, adventure roaming through the streets. Somebody tried to grab her. She got a little skittish and ran away. We know because somebody called. And, yeah, she was lost for about 24 hours. After 24 hours, she came close to the house, and that's when we found her. It's so scary when dogs run away because they're just trying to have a good time. Like, they're trying to go party. But yeah, yeah. cars drive fast, and they just don't see them, yep. and then it slides out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was just chasing squirrels, other dogs. I don't know. Somebody just People just couldn't catch her. So, yeah, happy she's back home and safe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I know that you are super passionate about dogs. Anybody who knows you on the internet knows that you're super passionate about dogs. Yep. Um, who are the dogs in your life at the moment? Uh, I have Juno and Pepe. So uh, Juno, he's named after my old dog that passed away in Alaska. Uh, we may get to that later on. But uh, 
Yeah, so I rescued Juno in Idaho. He was a stray dog. He was found roaming through the streets. It was really cold. And uh, I looked him up at this from this website. He was in the pound. And I drove three hours from Montana to Idaho to find him, or to go meet him. Fell in love right away. He became my companion after that, and we drove from Idaho to Montana through Wyoming, Utah, Arizona, back to California, where we are now. That's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's a good dog. I like him. People either love dogs or they hate dogs. I don't think there's any really in between. Because dogs are like people. Yeah. They're like a full-on being. And like yeah. if you're going to have one... If you don't like dogs, I don't know if I like you. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you you heard it here first, everybody. Better like dogs or get out of the way. And if my dog doesn't like you, then I probably don't like you. <laughs> Have you always liked dogs? Like, did you grow yeah. up having dogs? Yeah, I grew up having dogs, yeah. Were you, did you like feed them and walk them and take care of them? Or were you more just like you played with them and then your parents did the work? Uh, a little bit of both. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we've always had dogs, and I, I was always, you know, like, I always saw them as part of the family, not just a pet, you know? Mm -hmm. They were somebody that, uh, you know, I cared for, just like I cared for, like, my brother or sister, so. Are you the oldest child? I'm in the middle. You're in the middle. Okay, who's yeah. the oldest? My sister. Okay, so your sister, then you, and then yeah. your brother. Yep. And all three of you are creative in your own way. That's what I understand right there. Like, everybody's doing sort of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My sister does jewelry. I do photos. And my brother does video and he skates, but also does uh, woodwork, so tables, all that. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that part. That's I awesome. Yeah, I did not tell you that, but yeah. That's so that. cool. He's, he's pretty good at it. Yeah. What What were you guys like as kids? What? How <laughs> did you guys hang out a lot together? Were you, like, what were you like? Uh, well, I grew up in Mexico, so uh, one thing we did over there is just, just play soccer. So I played a lot of street soccer with my friends. Uh, when I moved to the States, I got into skating biking, hung out with the white boys, you know, did the surfing thing, you know, living in San Diego, that's, you know, that's what people do, so. How old were you when you moved from Mexico to San Diego? I was 10 years old. And what was that like for you? I feel like you said, I think if I remember right, you didn't speak any English when you came. No, like we took English classes in, uh, in Mexico, but I didn't really pay attention much, and I didn't learn anything, except for like, hello and thank you, the basics. But, yeah, I came to the States when I was 10, and I didn't learn the language until I was about 12, because the first year uh, of school, uh, I went to a bilingual school, so I hung out with all the Mexicans, and, you know, I just spoke Spanish the whole time. And then fifth grade, sixth grade, I moved to a different school where there were more white kids. And I just adapted to that. I started doing more of, like, the skating thing and, you know, listening to the music watching TV in English, and, you know, it's from that, I just, I became more Americanized, you know? Do you feel like um, having come and having to learn a new language, like, do you feel like that gave you sort of a, a deeper sense of empathy for other people's struggles because you, you know, you came not knowing anything and you had to, like, a, start I mean, from scratch? In, in a way, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I did struggle a bit. There's a train that we talked about. It's kind of cool. Like, I mean, you see the that, light was, that was a pretty short one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll be longer later on. Um, lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were, we're talking about empathy. Yeah. And having to uh, learn another language and how that, um, you know, maybe like gives you a little empathy for other people's 
challenges. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, in a way, yeah, because uh, I grew up, kids didn't bully me, but they kind of made fun of me in high school. Just, What'd they make fun of you for? Well, just because I was just, you know, I didn't know English much. and. But that wasn't in high school. In high school, you knew English by high school. Did I say high school? Yeah. Okay. I mean, when, uh, when were kids mean to you? No, I meant elementary school. Okay. Um, Not mean, but they were just like, you know. Kids are all kind of mean in yeah, elementary yeah. school. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's just rude. trying to figure it out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, English is not my first language, so I was trying to learn it, and that was kind of a struggle for me because it was it was a hard time to learn it because uh, I was a little bit self-conscious about it. You know, people started to make fun of me or... They were just, like, mocking what I say, so, mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Kids yeah. are dicks. Yeah. Most of them. Not all of them. Many of them. Yeah. I remember so many, so many times just, like, crying at home to my mom because kids were being mean to me. And what I realized later was that, like, actually, I think that was everybody's experience. Like, kids, kids were, like, we were all just trying to find our way and find our voice and figure out our humor. Oh yeah. And yeah. <clears throat> you know, we're all we're all just trying to figure it out. Yeah. But what did you want to be when you grew up? Were you did you, like a soccer star? A oh, football, football star? Oh well, no, no, that's the funny part. <laughs> I actually wanted to be a vet. Really? Yeah, yeah, because I loved dogs so much. I loved I mean I loved all pets. But I grew up wanting to help animals and as I got as I as I got older, I I mean I still wanted to be that. But uh, I didn't really love school, so I was just like, no, I, I can't do that. I just don't want to go to school for that. So I chose something else. Or, it, or it chose me. In yeah. A way. Tell me about that. When did you start? Like, I'm assuming you're referring to your current career of yes, photography. photo making, yep. photography. When did you pick up a camera? <clears throat> um, well, I started in high school. Uh, yes, I was like 17. Just for fun, or were you in a class? I was in a class taking film, but I wasn't very good at it, and I wasn't very motivated. Once again, I didn't love school, so I just don't like being told what to do or what assignment to do. I kind of like doing my own thing. Um, so after that, two years went on, and I picked up my second film camera. I started you know, going on the streets, shooting city stuff, anything that I would like, anything with lines, symmetry, uh, buildings, anything like that was interesting to me. Uh, so I would, you know, just walk around downtown and photograph that. But then one time I went camping and I took my camera, I took some night photos and some sunrise, sunset and nature and I really fell in love with it. After that, I did my second trip to Arizona, uh, Grand Canyon, Sedona, uh, all the desert stuff, and I really fell in love with that. So it was then when I realized, okay, I really got to stick to this nature stuff because I'm liking this a lot more than the city stuff, mm -hmm. you know? So I like, I like hiking and just going to lakes, kayaking. I feel like it all goes hand in hand, you know, like I can kayak, I can hike, uh, you know, any outdoor activity, I'm having fun, plus I can document it and get some good photos. Did that all, like, did your development of your your camera skills and your eye, did that coincide with your the development of your love for nature? Or, like, did you already, did you grow up going camping? No, no. See, like, growing up in Mexico, there's, or, well, I grew up in Tijuana, which is not 
very close to nature at all. Um, so, <clears throat> no, I feel like I started loving nature at the same time as I started loving photography. So I want to hear, um, you know, so you, you started going on trips, you yep. started taking photos, you started mm-hmm. posting them on the internet mm-hmm. and people started to notice it. Yeah. Did that happen pretty immediately or did it, did it, you know, was it like within months of starting to take photos and put them on Instagram? Like people followed you or, or did it, it was it years? What was it like for you? No, it took some time. Um, I mean, I just started posting what I thought was good back in the day. I mean, I look at it now and I'm like, okay, that wasn't that good. But, uh, it, it, I mean, it, it takes some time to develop what I like and what I, what, what is my style now. And, um, yeah, like I said, it's, uh, hold on. Could you ask that one more time? Yeah. So, I don't remember my question. Let's see. Oh, yeah. I just, I'm super curious to understand how you went from, you know, your first couple of trips and taking your photos to, um, to beginning to gain a following. And for, 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 you know, how long did it take from when you, started making photos till people started to notice you was it like a month or like two years or like 10 years no um i'd say it was about two years Uh, i was just taking photos and i think one thing that uh helped me out a lot was moving to portland Uh, i moved to portland when i was 23 and i was really close to nature so that's something that people really like to see on instagram and yeah, even even though I wasn't living the life that people thought I was, I was really close to these waterfalls, lakes, mountains, and all that. So I would just, you know, get off work. Even on the same day that I got off work, I would go to the mountain or to a waterfall, capture that, come back home, and upload it on Instagram. And people thought I was living this great life. And even though I wasn't, uh, you know, people followed and... From there, you know, I just gained a following. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's really awesome that you are sharing that because I think that so much of what we see online is like the shiniest version of everybody's life. It's and the highlights. Yeah, it's the highlight. Yeah. Real, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's perfectly acceptable. I mean, you're not going to put your shittiest day on yeah. the internet. You're no, just not going to do that. Um, and so I think especially, you know, I don't think that there's an expectation anymore that people are, you know, every single day they're going out and they're doing something epic. You know, it's like you go out, you, especially if you're an artist, you go out, you make your art, you come back. Like, it's 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 not all the shoot. Like, there's all the stuff that has to happen before the shoot for it mm-hmm. to happen. And then there's all the stuff that has to happen after, like the post-production process yeah. that has to happen too. Um, when you first started shooting, did you have a post-production process or were you just using Instagram filters? No, no, I was using uh, Lightroom. You were okay. So yeah, even yeah, yeah. from the beginning, you were, yeah, you were yeah, using yeah, Lightroom. Yeah, yeah, no, not not the best edits, but yeah, if you look back in my feed, it was just it was very different than what it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you weren't using like Valencia. No, no, nothing from there. <laughs> I did use actually uh, like the Visco presets on mm-hmm. the phone. Um, and no, actually, when I first started, I would the camera I had had a Wi-Fi setting, so I would upload the ca- the, the photo at the spot. I would upload it from the camera to my phone, edit it, and upload it. Immediately. Yeah, immediately. That's bold. Yeah. That's not how it's done anymore, for no, sure. No, no. I would never do that now. When you were on your trip, though, your most recent trip, I feel like you were in Switzerland. 
right? uh, yeah, Switzerland, Germany, Italy. Would you upload in the same day, or did you collect it all and then and then share it out? See, that's that's one thing. I like to stay recent uh, when I do my posts because people are looking at my stories and they're looking at the behind the scenes, and they they're expecting a photo from that spot. So mm-hmm. I like to I like people to feel like they were there. You know, mm-hmm. like they see. They see me hiking, they see me getting to the place, and they see, like, the sunrise from a video, but they don't know the photo that I got from that video mm-hmm. that they saw, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, like, them seeing behind the scenes, they can relate to that photo a lot more if they can remember it. Totally. From the story. Totally. Yeah. So, I know for the longest time, or at least for, like, quite a while anyway, like, you had a job. Yeah. Like... You know, you weren't just, you didn't just, like, pick up your camera and then all of a sudden you were this, like, you know, photographer. Um, I mean, you were, but, like, you, it was not something that was making your living. It wasn't. Um, so tell me about that. I want to hear how you how you made the leap, why you made the leap, and, like, how, how, like, what pushed you from doing it as a hobby to doing it as a job? Okay, well... Yeah, I was working at Avis Car Rental, which is, I was a car rental associate. Very glamorous career. Yeah, very glamorous. Um, I was working five days a week, two days off. Those two days off, I was just taking photos, you know, for myself. Um, And one day, uh, I got fired from that job and didn't know what to do about money. So, I feel like that gave me a push to contact companies, do work that I wanted to do. Um, and just put my, my work out there, put myself out there because I was relying on this to live, not just to live, but to take care of my dog, you know, pay, pay all my rent bills and car, everything. So, uh, that gave me a a really big push to, to be where I'm at right now. So when you went, when you, so this is cool to hear. So like you pounded the pavement, you were like, who do I want to be working for? Like, who do I want to be working with and who do I want to be representing and who do I want representing me? Mm -hmm. And, and how did you come up with that list? Like, how did you, and then how did you find the people to reach out to? A lot of people reached out to me and a lot of, a lot of companies try to get stuff for free. And I tell them I can't do that. Like I'm, I'm making a living out of this and I need to get paid, you know? So, uh, not just that, but I see other people working with companies through Instagram, and I started contacting them to see if I can do the same. Um, so from that, yeah, I, I would contact them and you know see if like you know try to get some money out of it because yeah, you're you doing know, work. Yeah, I, mean, I, I have to I have to work. This is what I'm doing now. So I think that's really interesting. I think that like the people see creatives making art and they they don't understand that it's it's actually this is this is your profession mm-hmm. this is what you do and yes it's really it's really fun and yes it's like a, it's a sexy career but you, like you can't you can't feed your family or your dogs on a bro deal yeah no that's it's interesting you say that because uh i mean it, it was really hard to for me to make money at the beginning, uh, a lot of times, I think I told you this before, but I, I mean, I had my gear and I was at a point where I was selling either like a lens, a flash or uh, some camera equipment that I had in order to pay rent or to feed my dog. And at this point, I was very skinny because I wasn't eating. I was, I was like I said, I was selling my gear to to 
do what I had to pay rent and, you know, feed my dog. Um, I would come home and my parents would be like, whoa, you're so skinny. Like, what's going on? And they didn't know that I got fired because I didn't want them to help me out uh, or tell me to move back home. You know, it's not what I wanted. So it was a big struggle for me. What, when did you finally tell them? Uh, <laughs> they still don't know. They still they think still, you're working yeah. for Avis. No, they, don't, they, don't. <laughs> they they just. I told them I was taking photos, and that's all they know. Yeah. And to this day, I still haven't told them. So maybe I'll just you know show them this podcast. And oh no! They'll find out this way. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, they still don't know. So so for their from their perspective, they're just like wow. Like one day, my son just hit the big time, and now he's a photographer. Both. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they knew that I was I was doing it, but I wasn't making a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, it was a gradual... Uh, Build. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's how it is. Like, nobody just... It's, you know, like, the idea of, like, hitting the jackpot, hitting the lottery, like, that isn't real. It takes blood, sweat, and tears, mm-hmm. a lot of time, a lot of personal investment to build a business yeah. and it, it does not just happen overnight. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hear a lot of people telling me like, Oh, you're so lucky you do this and that. And yeah, I'm lucky. But if you knew all the work that I put into this and what I've been through to get to where I am, it's, it's been a big struggle. Mm, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it hasn't been easy and, mm. um, I still, I'm not where I want to be. And I think that's good because I should always, you know, keep pushing forward. Where do you want to be? What's your, what's your, like, do you have, like, a, where you want to be in five, ten years? Like, have you thought about that concretely? Uh, not, (laughs) not really. No, I just, I just, I just know that I just want to keep forward and there's always something better. Totally. You know, there's always a better version of you and I'm always pushing for that. Mm, mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If there was one thing that you could, like, wave a magic wand and have it be different, Mm-hmm. about your life, not necessarily just about your career, mm-hmm. what would it be? Hmm. Something different. <clears throat> I mean, I want to be on the road. I think I'm happiest when I'm living on the road because um, I, I spent six months driving from San Diego to Alaska and that was, you know, I was just like the happiest because you don't have a schedule nobody tells you where to be at a certain place and yeah like I was in Alaska for I was supposed to be there for three weeks and I ended up staying for two months because I just loved it so much you know I just wanted to take photos and I just don't like having a schedule I like I like just going with the flow Mm -hmm. so yeah my perfect life I think would be living in a van or a camper somewhere in Europe traveling around yeah you know well you get get on that uh what is it van life hashtag exactly. and then all of a sudden you'll get like another couple hundred thousand followers we'll and see you'll just be good to go <laughs> yep I mean, everybody's gonna want to sponsor you yeah we'll see where's the your favorite place you've ever been um norway what was so good about it uh, it's just so crazy mountains peaks everything is just insane the weather is amazing you're in the arctic so uh, when I was there, I was there in the summer, and the sunset and sunrise would last like two or three hours. So mm. you're shooting, you take your photos, you go to a different location, and lighting is still perfect, mm. you know? 
extended magic hour. Yes, exactly. And you're down here, you shoot for 30 minutes and you're done. Yeah. So totally. Yeah. We'll spend like two hours setting up to get that perfect magic hour shot. And mm -hmm. then it's like, everything's chill. Okay. Like it's coming, it's coming. Oh, and then it's there and it's, it's like rushed. a bad dash. To yeah. Get yeah. It. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Oh, it's gone. That's yeah, dark. You know? <laughs> It's yeah, but in, but in Norway, you're, you're so up north that, yeah, it's, That's so cool. you, got, you got the whole time. I've never been up there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I recommend I'm it. pretty sure I'm Norwegian. That was something that was told <laughs> to me my whole life, but yeah. I don't know if it's, I don't know exactly if it's true. My dad's super into genealogy, so mm -hmm. he's like traced us back to Charlemagne, which is like crazy. And I keep saying, where's the land? If I'm like from royal people, where's, mm -hmm. where's my land? Because I don't have any land. Yeah. And yeah. so it means nothing. It, 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 I care not that I am of a royal lineage unless there's some land yeah. some to show for it but yeah you gotta visit though for another time yeah i would love it's, to i would love to get out there there's a lot to it where are you going next i'm going to new zealand how do you pick your locations and how do you pick who's coming with you mm, locations i i mean i have a list of spots that i've never been to that i always wanted to go to and yeah, it's, I mean, New Zealand is just, you know, it's it's a gem. Mm. There's a lot of locations within one area, so you can drive uh, for not too long and find some epic locations to shoot. Um, and who do I go with? Uh, that's, I mean, that depends. I have a group of friends that I usually travel with All About Adventures, and uh, that's a group. Hash, is it at All About Adventures? Yeah, at All About Adventures, and... Uh, yeah, we usually, it's usually three of us, or four of us, three and myself, uh, they pitch to companies uh, to sponsor us, and it's not just companies, but tourism boards and all that, and they sponsor, like, our food, they'll sponsor maybe a car, hotel, and it's a good way to work, because we just, you know, we offer photos, and they offer hospitality for us. That's great. Mm -hmm. It's really nice, and, and you're still, like, you're young enough that that is a great way to build your business. Yeah, yeah, good way to travel too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Totally see the world. Yeah. And every time you take a photo, you know, it's just building your own personal brand. It's building mm -hmm. your aesthetic. Exactly, yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, I have seen a lot of people who, 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 would, categorize, who would be categorized in your category, like adventure mm -hmm. photographers. Like wildlife, not wildlife, but like nature adventure photography. Is that what like that called? Landscape? What, what yeah, adventure you? photography. Yeah. And nature. you have your own aesthetic. Like there is, you stand out. And, you know, there are a lot of people who do what you do, but it's not the same. And I think that, um, and at the same time, I think that there's a place for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think it's really important for people to have their own aesthetic. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to be inspired by what other people have going on, but yeah, not yeah. to copy them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's what's so cool about when you go out with these other photographers is like you each, yeah, you're getting the same shot, but you each have your own style. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 really cool because, yeah, we're four photographers. We all do the same thing. We go to the same locations, but we all have our, you know, our eye for things. So we take our shots, we go home. Or to our hotel, we do our edits, and we're like, oh, what? I didn't see that shot. Like, that's so cool. Because, you know, we're always thinking differently. Mm -hmm, you know? Totally. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting to see other photographers' uh, perspective on things. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear 
I know that, so you're sort of like, you're on the road, then you're off the road, then you're on the road, then you're off the road. Mm -hmm. Do you always come back to San Diego every time? I do, yeah. I mean, this this is what I call home now. Yeah. Yeah, my dogs are here, parents are here, and... Both siblings are here, too? Yeah, yep. Yeah, Yeah, family's here. Everyone's here, so... Yeah. Do you still go down to Mexico? I do, yeah, once in a while. What do you, do you go down, do you have family still or friends still? I, yeah, I have family, but I, it's not to go visit them. They, what do you go they, for? Usually, they usually come here. Yeah. Um, I go to eat. Mm, where have, do you eat? They have good Mexican food, different, uh, uh, there's a place called Taco Naso, which I really like. Uh, I don't eat meat, but they have good cactus tacos. Those are amazing. Well, let's talk about that. I yeah. want to <laughs> hear about, not the cactus tacos, I want to hear about the not eating meat. Okay. So, how have you always been a vegetarian? No, no, it's, it's only been uh, since May. So, what is that, like half a year? Okay, all right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, you don't like preach to everybody about it. No, You're not, no, like, die no. hard, but it's, no. it's a choice you make. Yeah, yeah. I just like, oh, like, I'll go to a restaurant where they sell a lot of meat and I don't care. And I tell them, like, yeah, there's always something for me. Yeah. It's not hard at all. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Is it like an environmental position or just like how you feel or like you just love animals so much that you feel bad eating them? Yeah, it's, it's, I've, I mean, I grew up loving animals. Yeah, you wanted to be a vet. Exactly. So I felt kind of a hypocrite eating animals and loving animals at the same time. Mm. So, you know, I would go, you know, in Switzerland, I was just like petting all the cows and I'm like, okay, I'm glad I'm a vegetarian now. But back then... I would pet them, and I would, you know, be like, oh, they're so cute, but then again, I also see them as meat, as food, and uh, it was then when I realized, I was just like, okay, I can't do this anymore, I'm just mm. not going to eat meat anymore, but yeah, I won't, like, throw it in your face, I'm not, like, the annoying vegetarian, so you can do your thing, you can, you know, I can watch you eat, and I'll do my thing. Cool. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> so, as an entrepreneur, yeah. which we both are... Um, and for me as a producer and for you as someone who's like planning big, you know, big expeditions to like get the shot, you know, we run into problem after problem after problem after problem. Like our job is to create solutions for problems. That's at least my job anyway. And I know that that's probably a piece of yours as well. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear about a big problem that you faced and I want to hear about how you solved it. A big problem. A big problem. Like a time that you were just like, oh gosh, there's no coming back from this. Like... I'm in it. I am in for it. This is not going my way. This is not how I planned it. Mm-hmm. And like, here's how I'm going to solve the problem. Problem. I'm trying to think. Uh, maybe your life's just been so. Maybe everything's been no, so easy. No, no, things, things aren't perfect. I mean, I, I was in my Alaska trip, and uh, I mean, my dog passed away there, which is it is something that I planned, but it's you know I had to cope with it, and that was hard. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I just want to clarify, you did yeah. not plan his death, but you knew he was on his way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, that, and so I remember you told me that you, you, know, you wanted to take him on a, a big adventure yeah. for his last days. Yeah, yeah. Should we talk about that? Yeah, I want to hear about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, he, he had cancer and mm. um, this trip was mostly focused on him. I wanted to show him one last good trip. So I planned this Alaska trip to drive all the way to the Arctic Circle and come back down. And, the, you know, the doctor, the vet, didn't tell me how much he had left. We just, you know, he just crossed his fingers and hoped for the best. And we made it to Alaska after a month, and then we drove to the Arctic Circle. Um, that took us, yeah, like about two months. 
uh, and it's not two months driving. It's two months of camping and hanging out with friends, meeting people, and you know, doing all the hikes. So we had a lot of fun. We made it to the Arctic Circle. He got his certificate because you get a certificate when you pass the Arctic Circle by car because it's not something very easy. It's not something that everybody does. Um, two days after getting his certificate, uh, we came back down to Anchorage. He got sick and he passed away. Mm. And that was very hard for me because he's my, you know, he's my best friend. And yeah, after that, it, I had to cope with that and travel back down. I was with a friend at the time, but he left and I got to Canada and he had to leave. So the rest of the time I was just by myself, even though I was at beautiful places, meeting amazing people, it just didn't feel right. You know, like that big part of uh, who I am was missing, which mm. is, you know, my dog. Um, yeah, it felt it felt alone. Uh, it mm-hmm. wasn't until I got to Montana. Uh, it was about three months after Rango passed away was when I got Juno. And then after I got him, yeah, everything was... Uh, yeah, no way, back to normal. It wasn't like replacing him. It was just, you know, <clears throat> continuing the legacy of Rango. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I actually named him Juno because it was the last place in Alaska that Rango didn't get to see. So, yeah, we got to Juno, and I got to Juno with my friend, and I really loved it, and I was like, oh, I wish Rango was here, and he could experience this amazing place, because we saw some really cool stuff. Uh, Northern Lights, hikes, lakes, glaciers, and he would have loved it, so since he wasn't there, like I said, Juno took over, and yeah, he's... And the legacy continues. Yep, yeah. Yeah, yeah. wow. Wow, yeah, that's... I can't even imagine, like, the sense of loss and just, like, a, uh, you know, not in a bad way because he didn't mean to pass away. That wasn't mm-hmm. his choice. But, like, uh, uh, I can imagine that you, there was a bit of a feeling of, of abandonment. Mm-hmm. Like, you're on this adventure together with your best buddy, and then yeah. all of a sudden you're by yourself. And that's... Ooh. Hope everyone's okay. <laughs> um, Very loud door. Yeah, I don't know what that was, but it was a thump. Anyway, glad glad it all... That was a nice story. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah. It's an intense thing to talk about, I know. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not easy, but... <laughs> so here's another question for you. As a self-employed person, it's mm-hmm. hard to say no to work because mm-hmm. work is what pays the bills. Yeah. We talked about that already. Yeah. But sometimes you, I'm sure you're approached with a project or a partnership that like just isn't the right thing. Yeah. So how do you know when it's the right thing? How do you say no when it's the wrong thing? Yeah, um, so... Right now, I'm working with uh, two big companies, which is enough to get me by, and I'm comfortable with that. And every once in a while, when a company does contact me, and I actually believe in the company, and they do something right, or it's something that I love and enjoy, then I'll say yes. But if it's something that I you know, I really don't like, or it just doesn't fit my brand, then I just, I just say no, I can't. Even if it's good money, like they're like, oh yeah, we'll give you this much money. Uh, and it's mostly because I have to post about it. Most of the jobs I get are through Instagram, meaning that I have to post either a story or a post. Um, and I don't want that to reflect who I am. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to do things for money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, people follow me because they trust me. You know, like I don't want to show them something that I don't like. Um, That's like, not real for mm-hmm, you. Exactly. Totally. Yeah, I think that one of the things that's so interesting about Instagram is how 
just like weaving that line between mm-hmm. it like being a true window into a person's life and mm-hmm. just being a commercial. Mm-hmm. And it's like once for me, for me, I'm not on Instagram as a business thing. I have a business Instagram because you sort of like have to, but that's not, I'm never going to get a job. Like no big company is ever going to contact me because they saw my company on Instagram. Like that's not how marketing directors are not managing their own Instagrams, mm-hmm. at least not the ones that we're working with. So for me, it's not a business thing, but I, that's not why I use it. I use it because it's like how I share with people and how I connect with people. And then I get to follow people that inspire me. And, but for me, once someone's feed turns to, it's like, it's like, there's this like magic balance. Right. And it's Mm. like, just like one too many of like the super promotional thing. And I'm just like, I don't, I, I don't want to follow anymore because I don't want to like, I'm I'm fault like I'm letting you advertise to me. Mm-hmm. And like once I don't trust you anymore or once I feel like you're you're once I really feel like you're advertising to me, I'm not going to watch anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because that's not why I'm there. And that yeah, that's that's one thing that I try not to to do too much. I mean, I post for Canon, which is the camera that I've used since I started photography. Um, you know, and people trust me for that. They don't mm-hmm. you know, they, they don't see it as as a very forced, fee, uh, um, sponsored post. You well, know? it's actually what you shoot on. Yeah. So it's so, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's perfectly reasonable. Like mm-hmm. that, that's a per from my perspective, that's a perfect partnership. Yeah. I, I, I'd say so. Are there any publications that you want to be in and, or anything that you've been in that's really interesting? Um, yeah, actually, uh, Sunset Magazine featured one of my photos of, uh, of Rango, my dog that passed oh, wow. away. wow. And it was a photo of the first location that we went to when we got to Alaska, which is a very meaningful photo. And then another one was, which one was it? Oh, yeah, it was one. This photo, these two photos are very meaningful. So the other photo was, um, it was me on top of a mountain uh, in a tent with the view of uh, Mount Hood. And Rango's next to me with the perspective of my feet Mm. out of the, the tent out of the tent window mm. and it's a very meaningful photo because the day that I got fired or the same week that I got fired I didn't know what to do so my my solution was to get out of Portland go out to the mountains go hiking and it was the first day of snow so we went up hiking at night 8 p.m. during the dark all the way up the mountain and we saw sunrise and I took this photo and it was during then when I was like okay I think I should take photos like this is what I want to do for a living and yeah that was it was it was like I said it was a very meaningful time because Mm. for that reason Um, are there any are there any publications that you'd like to get in anything mm -hmm. that um if anyone's listening they should hit you up and be like I work for that magazine or I work for that publication um I mean one thing would be maybe maybe Nat Geo would be really cool maybe (laughs) yeah maybe yeah yeah. I, I just know it's really hard, so I say maybe. Of yeah. Uh, but that could yeah. be a ten year goal. It could be or if yeah. I mean with your it could be a two year goal. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. Um and yeah, I mean I during fourth grade, when I was in fourth grade, uh during the time when I, you know, was only speaking Spanish, um I had a teacher that uh he taught me about uh living in the wild and how to survive, how to filter your own water and all that. And one thing that he showed me was all the National Geographic magazines. And it's not something that I would look at when I was in Mexico. So it was very new to me. 
And I was looking at places that I that were very interesting to me that I've never seen before. And somehow I think that's tied into my love for nature now. Mm. Love for nature photography because back then I was always like, oh, I can do that. Like, I can take that photo. Even though it's like, no, you can't take that photo. Like, it's really hard. But I was, you know, I was, I was convinced that I could do that sometime. So... And I'll just say to anybody listening that, like, yes, he can take that photo. And if you if you check him out on the internet, you'll you'll understand that absolutely that's he can. But of course, when you're in fourth grade, no. no. <laughs> but I love the bravado. I love yeah. that you were like, I can do this. I just saw photography as something easy when I was a, l- a little mm. kid. You know, mm-hmm. is it easy? Mm, not so much. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. You gotta have the right lighting, the right gear, be at the right place, right time. Yeah, so totally. So I want to hear, like, are there any big regrets or missed opportunities so far in your career? Anything that, like, that just you missed? Huh. Big regrets. Uh, let me think. I need to think about that one. Yeah, think about it. I mean, I also feel like you're, you know, you're early enough in mm-hmm. your career that, like, any regret that you were to have, you still have time. Yeah, To yeah. make it up. Um, I mean, all, all the, I mean, I'm pretty happy with where I am now, and... I feel like everything I've done, even if it's a mistake, it has led to, you know, where I am now. I think if I changed anything, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be as successful as as I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I can't say I regret anything. There's obviously some jobs that I, you know, I couldn't do, um, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to hear what you love the most about being your own boss. <clears throat> I mean, I like having my own schedule, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, being free whenever I want to be. Um, uh, especially, I actually like uh, what I like the most is that I have direction of where I, where I can go and where I'm where I'm gonna take my next trip. Mm. Because working with Canon, they give me the freedom to just, you know, give them any photos as long as it's nice nature photography. So. You know, I get a budget, and I'm like, okay, this is where I want to go. This is where I'm going to be. So, yeah, being my own boss is pretty cool because, you know, nobody tells me where to be anywhere or, you know, when to do stuff. So Or even what to do, really. They're yeah, like, give yeah. me a Rod Trevino shot, yeah, and that's, I'll take that's, it. That's all. That's all I need, yeah. Wow, that's that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's a goal for sure. And as long as I have my photos ready, I can mm-hmm. come back home and hang out for as long as I, I can, yeah. you know? And being home means not really taking photos, just hanging out, emailing. I do work, so it's, you know, it's emails, editing photos, hanging out with my dogs, hanging out with... By dogs, I mean my dogs, not my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would hope so. <laughs> but also hanging out with my friends, you know. That's awesome. Going to shows. What, I love music, so... What bands are you do you, are you listening to right now? Um, I like uh, The Growlers, Yellow Days, um... Mac DeMarco, indie stuff, you know? Cool. Yeah. So before I ask my last question, mm-hmm. um, will you tell everybody your handles? Will you share all, like your two that you have? Will yeah, you, yeah, like, yeah. you just want to share one? I mean, I have my yeah. personal, but yeah. yeah. Let's follow you on personal and <laughs> on professional. Yeah, yeah. So my uh, my actual account is uh, Rod TRVN. Uh, so Rod Trevino, so Rod TRVN. And my personal is E-Rod TRVN. That's where I post most of my selfies behind the scenes and 
anything that doesn't make it on my actual account. I'm I'm in it for the selfies. I yeah. love following both. I love both <laughs> accounts. Thank you. My favorite is when you you post like sort of consecutively, so I get I feel like I get like the insider yeah perspective. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The shiny. Exactly. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. I like my personal. I feel like my stories are a lot better on my personal because I can actually be like you 100% know, you yeah like you don't have to worry it's not filtered that. you know yeah and a lot of people I feel like if I post something I'd, I don't know they would there's something about it it's, I just I have to be careful with what I post on my actual account you know why because you're afraid to lose people or because like you have brands representing you or uh that's that's one reason mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and yeah like in my actual account I mean in my personal I just you know I'm silly and yeah. I'm still in my actual account too sometimes as long as it fits. Yeah. You know. Totally. Yeah. Well, we should all go and follow because he's amazing. Thank you. Um, so here's my last question. Okay. And the second last question? No, no, no. That, that was my before I asked my last question. Oh, I see, I see. I was clear. <laughs> okay. This is my last question. Um, I want to hear, so like say you're in a room full of people mm-hmm. and you don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. Like what? what is your icebreaker? Like what do you say to somebody to, to like start a conversation. This is like non photography related. Yeah, just like in the world, not not photography related at all. Just like you're at a party, uh-huh. or you're at an event, you okay. don't know anybody, and you need a like. What's your one liner? Like, what's your like? Uh, I mean, it depends on the person, you know. Like, uh, I'm just like, hey, how's it going? Just simple. <laughs> <laughs> Are you from out of town? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good. <laughs> from out of town that makes sense yeah yeah it dep- yeah it depends on where i'm at you know yeah. yeah yeah i like that one yeah or like i see a lot of people with i mean if it's like a photo event it's really it's really easy you know like, what do you well, say? I, well i went to a photo event uh that's why i'm thinking about it now because i think of a room full of people and i think of this event that i went to and uh you just you know you just talk about their work you know like i like to hear about other people i don't really like to talk about myself too much i like to hear what other people are doing uh, so if I see somebody with a camera, I'm just like, oh, what kind of photos do you take? Because I'm not just interested in nature photography. I like all kinds. So I appreciate it all, even though my feed is just nature. Uh, so, yeah, just, you know, what kind of photos do you take? How long have you been taking photos? Where are you from? Mm. Where do you like to take photos where you're from? I think that's a long train, by the way. Mm. Awesome. No, it's, it's perfect. A it'll it'll, like, it'll it's close just, us uh, out. Maybe. We'll see. Well, especially knowing that you don't love to talk about yourself, I'm just so grateful that you took the time to hang out with me and to share Thank you. Um, this this excellent window into your world. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you want to say before we close out? I think, uh, I think we covered a yeah. pretty good amount, right? Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being part of this. Yeah. You've been listening to This Guy's Legit. This episode was produced by me, Rachel Dorsey, with editing by Drew Dorsey and original music by Taylor Joshua Rankin. This Guy's Legit is executive produced by Bone and Gold. If you like what you heard, hit subscribe to get the next episode automatically. And if you really like what you heard, leave a review. And follow us on Instagram at This Guy's Legit.